You're listening to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Our mission is to provide thought-provoking, powerful, and practical information to help you in creating your own sustainable, wealth-generating law firm without overwork or overwhelm so you can live your best life. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Jenny Castellanos, founder and CEO of DeNovo Review. DeNovo Review is a legal staffing company dedicated to providing high caliber, experienced attorneys and paralegals for complex litigation, appellate research, drafting, and courtroom work. So Jenny, I'm so happy to have you here today on the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a true pleasure. Great. So before we get into talking about DeNovo Review, I'd like to, I'd like everybody to learn more about you and your journey to becoming an attorney and then eventually becoming uh, the founder of this company. You know, it's, it, everybody has their story. And um, I think a lot of people in the legal community decided to be attorneys when they were very young. Uh, my mm-hmm. story is a little different. So I have an identical twin sister. And in college, she uh, was going to be a doctor and all of her friends were in the middle field. And I thought, oh, no, what am I going to do? And so we went on to the Internet and found out that I could take this test called the LSAT. And and there you go. Twelve years later, I've I've been an attorney since. Um, So that's that's pretty much how I became an attorney. And I I really enjoy it. Wow. Wow. So. That that is interesting. And and I have I usually ask people that question on here, you know, how they became an attorney. And there are some who just knew from the time they were little. And then there were others of us who, like you and I, who, you know, came came to being an attorney in a different route. Um, you said before you got into being an attorney, you were doing marketing. You have a marketing degree, right? I do. My uh, undergrad degree is in business administration, and I focus in marketing, just like you. Um, in terms, yeah. of, you said, I know that you you're focused in journalism, um, mm-hmm. and so I I thought I was going to be a salesperson, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I went into I wanted to become a real estate attorney and started yeah. law school, and it was really it was a great start to a, a wonderful career. Yeah, and so tell me about being an attorney. Like, did you did you work for a while as an attorney? and decide that it you know, wasn't really a good fit for you or where you wanted to go, or are you still practicing? Tell me about kind of your, so, your career as an attorney. During law school, I was very much into re- uh, researching and law review. And so naturally, I, my first job as an attorney was a judicial clerk for the Fourth District Court of Appeal here mm-hmm. in Florida. And that was an, a wonderful opportunity um, to be able to really learn to be a lawyer and give recommendations to judges. I mean, I feel very, very fortunate, especially during, it was during the economic crisis in 2008 mm-hmm. and 2009. After that, I worked at a firm um, handling litigation, defense work. And I was always that go-to attorney for complex litigation and writing. And also I brought something unique to the firm. I was an out-of-the-box out of thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and pretty much that was the birth place of De Novo Review in that during that work experience, I, I looked at it and thought, you know, wow, this billable hour structure of 2000 hours, how sustainable is this? And is this the most effective way for law firms to be using their people resources, right? Are mm-hmm. we really allocating and strategically placing people to do the, what they're best at? 
And, right. and so I, re yeah, I realized it, it, it definitely needed some uh, improvements for sure in the workforce model. Right, right. Yeah. You know, that is, a, I used to work when I was in marketing, I used to work for a large law firm and their uh, requirement for associates for hours was between, it was, I think it was 2,500 at one point, um, 2,500 to 2,000. And, and that is, you know, having worked with uh, lawyers and law firms now and helping them grow their practices over the last several years, small firms. That's one of the uh, challenges that small firms have is that oftentimes women law firm owners in particular start firms because they want to have more flexibility and control over their time. And so a 2000 hour standard for them and for people who go and work for small firms uh, seems really harsh <laughs> seems really aggressive you know like and and it doesn't leave a lot of room for a life so tell it me does not, tell, no. yeah so tell me more about that like how is it, you you came up with the idea for de novo review kind of born out of this idea that there's got to be a better way well i'm sitting in the office and let's face it the traditional workforce model especially in the legal community that that hasn't really leveraged technology is, is outdated and not conducive. So I'm sitting at the office putting in 2,300 hours easily, right? And I'm seeing that parents and partners that wanna have families or, or a balanced lifestyle are really struggling with doing both. I had a coworker, she had a, a newborn, right? How do, you, how do you go to court and make sure that you balance everything that you're struggling with? And so I thought, there, why do we have to be in the office? like to do our work. We're all professionals. We can self-govern and we can work at times that we are the most productive. I love working at night. I, I'm a night owl. Um, and uh -huh. so I pitched my idea to the co-founder of Subway, Fred DeBuca. And I said, you know, I want to, I think I could start this, this research and writing company, essentially a network of, of curated and qualified attorneys and uh, make sure that they're strategically placed with the right firm to do the right work at the right time. Essentially almost an Uber model, but, but more managed. And he said, mm -hmm. you should do that. You know how to do it. And, and pretty much I started the company three months after I left the job in 2012. Back then, wow. Uber was not, you know, I think that nobody was really thinking that, that this was a possible model. Right. But it's not only turned out to be a possible model, but a successful model, right? It is. I'm actually one of the first, I think, Tenoble is the first uh, and most trusted uh, network of attorneys. And, and we started over eight years ago. There's been a lot of new companies entering the market, mm -hmm. um, which is it's wonderful. It's more resources for law firms and a better work-life environment, I believe, for, for attorneys. Um, and so some of our attorneys use both of our services. So they, they might have a small law firm and they'll, they'll be candidates and do the work. And then other times they refer out work to add an additional revenue stream to their firm. Right, right. That model of, um, you know, making your career in a law firm, your priority over family, over your personal interests and all that, that's a very, it's a model of the patriarchy. You know, it was something that's developed by men at a time when men were the breadwinners and women, you know, took care of families, right? And and the law, the law, um, 
industry, the legal industry has been, is always very slow to sort of move to new models. We're very traditional. We are grounded a lot in tradition. We're taught, taught tradition, you know, throughout our law school career. And it's a really exciting time, uh, certainly over the past few years, but then even more so recently because of all that's happened with this pandemic and people being sort of forced to think differently about how they're going to run their businesses, including law firms and large law firms, not just solos, you know. Um, and we're seeing more and more. I know you've probably been seeing a lot of women starting their own law firms and working in a different way and wanting to work in a different way because that model of the patriarchy doesn't really work for women who most of the research will show are the ones that are primarily in charge of families. You know, they're, they're still in charge of hearth and home <laughs> and they and still be, have to have this career, right? Yeah. And to be quite um, frank with you, I, I personally wanted to have a family and mm -hmm. uh, I, I looked at myself and I thought, wow, how am I going to have uh, a family and a significant other and, and, and be this litigator um, when I'm required to come to the office. And, and so I just didn't want to make those type of sacrifices. I, I, I have a belief that you can have it all. And I, and I think it's, I, I've, I've been looking and following your philosophy to, you know, what you do with, with other lawyers and law firms is amazing in, in providing them that, that messaging and the resources to help them create that in their lives. I think that's, I, that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I think that we've, we, we, there's so many resources and tools available now that make it possible for attorneys and law firm owners and particularly women law firm owners to create whatever it is they desire and to have it all if they want to have it all there's a way there's a way to do it and even as even back when I started my firm in 2007 a lot of these you know tools that we have now were not available certainly the marketing tools you know the social media uh, scene was still brand new. There were some, you know, Instagram hadn't even been created yet in 2007. Mm -hmm. So there's so many um, tools that are available now and resources that are available like DeNovo that didn't exist at that time, you know? And so it's really, really exciting. That was only, you know, 13 years or so ago. Um, so it's really, really exciting to be able to have this. So talk to me about how you how DeNovo works? How do you guys work with your clients? What is the model? So the model is always changing and evolving um, because we want to grow and learn from our customer experience. And so we have essentially two main models and it's called DeNovo Launchpad is one division. And in that division, we, have we provide consulting and staffing to firms. So what that means is essentially a firm will contact us and say, I need assistance either per project, so a motion drafting, a, a, a hearing coverage, or I need assistance managing this aspect of my firm. So we're a little bit different than other uh, staffing networks in that we don't just service a project, we will help the firm in their initiatives. So we will staff them with one team, a team or one attorney to help them on that project. We also have uh, a project advisor that will come in and supervise or assist in making sure that the project is successful depending on the attorney's needs. That's great. And 
So how do you recruit your your team? I mean, I don't need you. I don't want you to give me your like secret sauce or anything, but there's there's a process or there's certain quality that you're looking for for your team. Because I imagine the other part of this is you create opportunity for attorneys who don't want to have the full-blown law firm, but they still want to work as a lawyer. Exactly. You know, and I get this question a lot. People are like, Jenny, why do people work with you? I don't understand. They're, they're federal judicial clerks or they're they're very successful attorneys. And, and the attorneys that work for me are very much uh, overachievers, very workforce-focused. And so the way that we get them is they really find us. They know our, about our reputation. They know the type of culture that we provide in the work field. And we also don't just have an open network. We don't let just anybody come in and work for our clients. We review their resumes. We review their, their um, work product. And then we actually test them out and try them and, and, and see who actually provides the quality of work that's aligned with our brand. And so we, we have a curated bench and we use them most of the time, unless the project is outside of an area of expertise of that bench. Mm-hmm. Is all of the work um, that you guys, what you help people with, there's project work, which is a temporary kind of thing. Like maybe we have this big trial and our firm isn't big enough. We really need more resources and, and staff. So I, you know, I can see where you provide, here we go. Here's a team of experienced attorneys to work with you on this trial, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any, do you do any sort of permanent placement or anything like that? Or is it, is it contract attorneys? So we have have different structures. So um, we started off with ghostwriters and legal writers and contract attorneys behind the scenes. Now we Mm -hmm. offer of counsel relationships and even co-counsel. So if you need a second chair at a trial, um, we have fulfilled requests for permanent placement, usually for our clients. Mm-hmm. So just to give you uh, three basic examples that have come in this week alone. Uh, this week, we have an attorney that asked for trial coverage in uh, Indian River. <laughs> They're going to have a trial in August, which is surprising to me in person. We'll see if it actually right. occurs. Um, right. We've had a, a class action motion come in. Um, or related to class actions. And then uh, we've also have a firm that's having us uh, help him set up a whole new department of criminal law and help him with the content. So these are just three of the many examples that come in um, on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So this can, so talk to me about some of the different ways you've given us those examples, but talk to me about some of the many different ways that, um, your clients have used have used your services you mentioned research you mentioned litigation give me some examples of those in litigation we're seeing that there's real estate firms as well as uh, personal injury firms that that possibly for example the real estate firm might only do transactional work and they want to bring a litigation department to service their clients Mm -hmm. Uh, we know how important your law firm brand is. And so do you really want to dilute the brands by referring out the the matter? So in, with DeNovo, you can insource a, a staffer and keep the work and have that litigation department run. Um, mm-hmm. So we have a real estate attorney that started to do that. 
Um, we also have a personal injury attorney that had 150 uh, pre-litigation uh, cases, single events. And he decided, you know what, I want to have a litigation department. So we have three coverage attorneys and three drafting attorneys, as well as uh, an attorney advisor. And they essentially manage his entire docket of 150 cases in litigation. Wow. Wow. So it's kind of like white labeling, you know, <laughs> in oh, the marketing definitely. world, it's white, it's white labeling. It's you're bringing in it and it appears to the outside world that you, this is the size of your firm, but he's, he's securing that without having to go through the hiring process and go hire a bunch of people and have them permanently on his payroll. Davina, I'm going to coin that term. That's a really great way of saying it. It's definitely <laughs> white labeling your legal operations, whether you want just a, a small task or the whole entire operations. Right, right. So you mentioned uh, managing, you're helping firms manage. Talk to me about that a little bit more because you said the DeNovo Launchpad, that there's project work and then there's kind of this managing aspect. What is that about? What happens in the small firms, and I see this also in the large firms, but but let's focus on the small firms for a moment. What happens in the small law firm is that you have the rainmaker attorney that's trying to run the law firm and bring in the business. And so what they essentially sometimes need is is somebody to step into their, their operational role and manage a team of attorneys. So we've had requests to come to ask us to staff that that attorney manager. Also, we have a project and operations manager that will come in and look at the processes set up by the firm. One of the most common mistakes that I see in firms and they're like, you know, we didn't cover this hearing or there's this document that wasn't drafted on time. And they think it's, it's the staff's fault, but they don't have the proper procedure in place. So they don't have an email, one email where everything gets channeled. And it seems like a very simple solution. But so many firms are not looking at the, the legal process and operations of their their services. So we come right. in and help with that. It's a little bit different than a contract attorney services, but it's it's really instrumental to making sure that, that your team is successful. Right. So give me an idea of who the uh, profile maybe of your ideal client. Like who is it that you'd like to work with the most? Well, I love to work with very entrepreneurial tech savvy law firms. And mm -hmm. I find that that exists in, in small firms and large firms. We actually have uh, two or three national firms that we're working with at any given time. And what we find is that they're risk takers, they're expanding and, and they're growing very quickly. So we'd love to work with those. Um, obviously, litigation is, is definitely uh, an area of of focus for us that we have a lot of mm -hmm. attorneys that are great to work with. Talk to me about your, um, what happens if there's a problem? Because I can see, you know, let's say you send in a group, when you mentioned earlier, you've got three uh, coverage attorneys and three drafters, right? So what mm -hmm. if there's an issue with one of those people? How do you guys, you know, how do you handle that? And what is the, what does the law firm client do in that case? You know, and I'm always revising this protocol because I want to make it uh, the most effective for both the attorney rendering the work and the client receiving the work. Mm -hmm. So currently what we have in place is if, if for whatever reason, it's a new attorney uh, that you haven't worked with before and you're not happy with their work, we typically, 
essentially put another attorney to to do the same work and get it mm -hmm. delivered to the client. Mm -hmm. That's essentially what we do. And then we look at if was there a problem in the intake. So everybody's all about uh, let's delegate. Finally, we're getting into worlds of accepting the remote work and uh, accepting the the fact that delegation is a required component to be successful. So mm -hmm. did this firm properly did it delegate the work and can our project advisor work with them and help them figure out what kind of quality of work they want? So we also set up guidelines for every staff attorney. So if, for example, Tamina, let's say you had a firm and you wanted to send us uh, five appellate briefs, Mm -hmm. Our project advisor gets to know the quality and the type of formatting and your stylistic choices. And we create guidelines for every single attorney that works on your, with your law firm. So mm -hmm. that when they plug in, they know exactly what you're looking for. Are you looking for a very extensive law review type appellate brief? Or are you looking for a few cases and very concise type of work? Yeah. I mean, I can imagine that that was something that you probably, uh, you guys probably, realize that you needed to develop these kinds of guidelines early on because i think one of the challenges of attorneys who when they start a business grow a business they might not have some of the business skills that they need or the systematic thinking or or whatever and one of the biggest challenges i know of of uh solos starting firms is being able to communicate ex you know, and set those clear expectations and communicate exactly what they want. They have such a clear picture in their head. And, but often they don't really know how to communicate that to other people to have other people help them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And so I, yeah, I imagine this was something that you guys really put a lot of work into sort of developing this system, probably because you had some experiences early on that said, oh gosh, we have a communication issue, right? Definitely. Um, the guidelines for each attorney that we work with helps and also making sure that we try to give them the same staff. Uh, mm -hmm. So if they they like working with a particular staff member, that staff is always first in line to get the work that comes mm -hmm. in. And great how, consistency. So, mm -hmm. right. so if you have um, attorneys who want to you, I, I noticed what was kind of different. I had had interviewed another company who does something similar um but i noticed something a little bit different with yours um is you have not only experienced attorneys but you also have paralegals we do have paralegals and also one of our little secrets that we don't really say a lot is sometimes we'll staff a junior attorney at a paralegal rate because ultimately what we want is the best quality work product for the attorney and right. so it really just depends who's going to do the best job at the right price. So right. we also have paralegals and attorneys. Mm -hmm. And we get projects as uh, something like, can you transcribe this really quick? Or mm -hmm. can you put this on a letterhead? And you think, wow, they, they, attorneys really need a second hand. Right, right. So you guys are really providing a lot of different services, not just not just a, an attorney coming in and doing research or attorney going in and showing up at court. There's a lot of different aspects of it that you, where you're providing that extra resource so they can expand their small firms. If, are you having a lot of solo attorneys kind of coming to you and saying, I'd like to do, I'd like to do some contract work. Is, is that, do you, do you kind of have that model 
or is it said, or is it more like you're hiring and recruiting certain people both i would say both we have some attorneys that have their small law firm or they've started a law firm and they're looking for an additional revenue stream mm -hmm. um, but in hiring these attorneys we want to make sure that they have the time to prioritize the client's projects that come in so there's a, a very in-depth vetting process to make sure that they can really prioritize this work mm -hmm. um and so we also have other attorneys that want to work part-time, full-time, or just not have to run a law firm on their own, and they come in to work with us. Gotcha. So tell me, what do you think the biggest benefits to a law firm are in using a service like this? You know, I actually use this service for my law firm, too. So I have a law firm and anytime I get a, an appeal or a property insurance claim, I, I staff one of the attorneys on my team to take the case from start to finish. I think the biggest benefit is one, you're able to run a firm instead of work and own your job in a firm. Um, and, and two, you're also able to expand into areas of law that might be outside of your court. So we see family law firms that add in appellate work. We see real estate transactional firms that add a litigation department. We see single event personal injury firms that, that use the consulting uh, division to investigate different mass torts to invest into and, and represent. So it allows you to really diversify your law firm and also uh, focus your time on developing those relationships that are really key to the, the success of the firm. Are there certain areas of practice that you that you typically, I mean, do you define certain areas of practice that you support? And are there some that you're, you know, that is just not, you're not there yet, or you don't want to expand into? And that's a really good question. And yes, we do, because uh, we focus on areas of law that we have already tested and tried um, attorneys. And so we've been at this for over eight years. And obviously, there's certain areas of law that lend itself to delegation more so than mm -hmm. others. So, so tell me what that, those are. Definitely. So we find that, for example, appellate work, and that's why the company's name is called De Novo Review. Obviously, I have an appellate background. And mm -hmm. uh, De Novo uh, appellate briefs really lend itself to delegation. Uh, also, single event uh, and mass tort personal injury. Um, in family law, we find that family law has a lot of moving pieces and it can really be organized in a way with in-house staff. Family law, I always recommend that you only outsource for now um, complex motions for summary judgment, alimony research, and appellate work. And we'll, we'll tell the client if we don't think a project is really conducive to delegation, will advise against the delegation. Immigration is one of the fields that I, we rarely take on for that reason as well. It's very process oriented and, and can, if the attorney creates uh, templates and processes in place, I, I don't know that they necessarily need to outsource work in immigration. Right. What about like I know. Uh, state planning or probate or any of that kind of? Probate litigation, possibly, but the actual transactional work, um, yeah. we don't really see a high demand for that. And it's because mm -hmm. I think law firms get organized in-house with that type of work. Right, right. And is this a um, is this a profitable approach long term for a law firm? It is in that we structure different deals with every law firm. So 
it's profitable in that the more for us, we have different packages. Mm-hmm. So we have pay as you go, um, prepaid blocks of time and subscription. And so what that means is the more services you outsource to us, the lower the rate gets. And mm-hmm. it's pretty much very equivalent to having an in-house attorney. Um, we actually have uh, a sheet that shows the, the cost of having somebody on site and managed in-house versus um, off-site. And there's actually tremendous amounts of savings. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Definitely. People don't, like, for example, personal injury law firms, single event, they don't really track the time that the attorney spent. How much of the time that they're paying on their salary actually goes to work up? With a company like Denovo, you only pay for the work that's actually delivered and the time that's put in. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, uh, are you in all 50 states? Are you, do you have clients around the world? We have clients nationally. We, we find a lot of clients in, in, we have clients in the East Coast, West Coast, small states, big states. And we have staff that's mostly um, here in the U.S. I have had a few attorneys that you know live in Canada or, or uh, Colombia, but they're back in U.S. territory right now, considering everything that's happening. Mm-hmm. So with this kind of model, um, is this, are these distributed workers? I mean, are is everything, is everything remote that they're providing unless maybe they're going to doing coverage or something like that? Or do you have some cases where they're working in house with a firm for a period of time? The majority of our staff is off site and rarely has to go on site. Um, mm-hmm. When we work with a client, we, we really engage it with clients on a long-term relationship. And so we ask them if they, in the future, they're going to want the attorney to come on site. And we take that into consideration. So some of our staff attorneys actually do office visits. Mm-hmm. You can call them directly, which is a big difference. You want to be able to talk to the person that's doing the work. You can do that with our, our company. Right. Um, so we do have off-site mostly, but we, we can afford um, on-site staffing as well. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I imagine, especially now, you're probably seeing a lot less of on-site uh, just because of the pandemic, and so many people are not even working in their offices themselves. So I, I would imagine people are really wrapping their mind around that even more, even more these days. Oh, definitely. And our clients were very relieved when the pandemic occurred. I had already, um, back in February, I kind of saw that where this was going. And so I had all the staff do equipment checks, check their internet. And so when we had shutdown orders in place, the, our clients really didn't feel an interruption in their workups because we were ready to go. We had already had the system in place. So it was really great for our clients. Um, one of the things that we do, and, and just to just because we're in a remote world right now, I think it's important. I think law firms are trying to figure this out. You know, equipment checks. It's we do this naturally whenever we onboard a, an attorney uh, to work with our, our clients, and we check their laptops. We check to make sure that they're they have the phone, the the apps that that we use, and just make sure, like just like Uber, right? Uber cars mm-hmm. go through a, a, a check. And we do that because it's really important when you're working from home to have the right environment. Right, right. So that's another uh, savings, I guess. If you're if you're hiring out the the staffing, 
you're not needing to provide equipment for these for the people helping you do the work, right? You guys, you guys provide that and make sure that they have that. So it's not like, so that's an additional savings. They're not, as opposed to hiring people and bringing them in and having to buy equipment and have desks. That's and, correct. Yeah. And we yeah. even, we even provide our staff CLE credits, one credit a month. Um, and we also provide it for our clients. So that's another savings that attorneys okay. receive when they work with us. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, this has all been really interesting. And I I think that a lot of our listeners are going to uh, be rethinking maybe how they grow and expand their businesses and take on bigger projects that they've been wanting to take on, but maybe haven't had the staff to do so, or the staff or maybe the depth of knowledge in some areas of practice. So thanks for sharing all that. Tell us how we can find you and find out more about DeNovo Review and reach out to the company if we want to access your services. Sure. Um, so our website is www.denovoreview.com. And that's like the appellate standard of review, DeNovo. My phone, the company line, I should say, is 305-925-0229. And Right before I sign off, I wanted to just mention one more thing. Zenovo has a, a new division that we've launched called Zenovo Learning. And mm-hmm. it's a free resource center where we, we get the information, obviously the non-confidential information that we acquire through our staffing and consulting division. And we share that on Zenovo Learning. So that's the department that's bringing the free CLEs and content. Right now we're covering bankruptcy and business interruption litigation and providing mastermind sessions with law firms regarding those two topics. A lot of law firms are expanding in that area. And so people want to participate in that. Where do they need to go? I would have them send me an email because it's by invitation only. So if you can email Jenny with a G, that's G-E-N-N-Y at denovoreview.com. And they'll receive an invitation to the Facebook group as well as the website. Oh, wonderful. Jenny, thanks so much for being here. This has really been informative and fun. And I'm so happy you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's really a true pleasure. Thank you. At Wealthy Woman Lawyer, we help women law firm owners build profitable, sustainable, wealth-generating law firms without overwork or overwhelm, so you can live your best life. If you are ready to create more of what you desire most in your business and your life, then you'll want to sign up now for our free training, Seven Shifts to Create a Wealth-Generating Law Firm Without Killing Yourself in the Process. Register now at WealthyWomanLawyer.com training to receive this free training immediately. And thank you for listening to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast.